Support for this episode and the following message comes from CRS Marble and Granite. CRS Marble and Granite was founded in 2005 and would quickly become the Stones Industries' standout supplier of exotic quartzite, quartz, granite, and marble. The official partner of LG Viaterra Quartz Surface, made in the USA, has firmly established itself as a major international player. With a keen eye for quality, CRS is a company that prides itself on strict attention to detail when purchasing stone. That's why they offer personalized and professional service performed by dynamic salespeople. Their aim is to demystify and simplify your buying experience so that you purchase the absolute best stone for your lifestyle. Call 919-784-9282 or visit crsgranite.com to schedule an appointment or obtain more information today. episode of the Two Brothers and Their Sports Podcast. Our topics this week are the Cardinals vs. Cowboys game, the 2020 World Series breakdown, and two brothers, two picks for Week 7. And at the end, we have an interview with Ice Hockey World Championship participant, Olympian, and physician, Dr. Caroline Park. But first, we talk about the Cardinals vs. Cowboys game. What I really take away from this is that the Cowboys, were, we already knew they were bad. But without Dak Prescott, even worse, they need to play better, especially Zeke. Zeke has not been performing for the past few years. He apologized, but fumbling twice, you can't do that. You're the number one player. We need you. And that's what you, or the Cowboys players need you. And that's what, you can't do that. So he needs to play better. And then, obviously, Andy Dalton had two picks, but... I understand he's a backup QB. He hasn't been playing that much. There was no preseason, so I get that. Usually backup QBs get a lot of playing time in the preseason, but both of them have to play better. And the Dallas D, well, they're just the Dallas D. This is this is crazy. 38 points against a team that isn't even that good. The Cardinals are good. They, play. they have DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, and we saw what they played. We saw what they played. Like the Ravens. I know, but we saw the Chiefs. But we saw what they did. It doesn't did. matter. We see they're what not, Kyler Murray is doing. Even top five. They need to play yes, better. Yes, they are definitely the top five. The Cowboys need to play better. Okay. Well, first, Kyler Murray. We see what he's been doing this whole year. He's a great quarterback. He's really developed his game. If you watched that game, you saw Car- Kyler Murray was so explosive around the line. He faked um, that pitch to, I think it was Christian Kirk on the end around, and he got around 10 yards. I agree the, the Dallas defense is very bad, but um, the Cardinals are also very good. And not only that, now we see the impact Dak Prescott's injury has. Dak was a huge leader. Obviously, he was playing for his contract. And now he's hurt. They, Andy Dalton, yes, he is a good QB, but he's not good enough to lead America's team, and he's not good enough to take on a great Cardinals offense and a pretty good defense. Amari Cooper, he was his main target. He had 7 for 79 and a touchdown. Um, 
But, yeah, now we see what Dak Prescott's injury really meant for the Cowboys before everyone was like, oh, they only have Andy, they already have Andy Dalton. They'll, they'll be able to play a little bit worse, but not totally worse. And they played totally worse against the Cardinals defense. That's not even that good. Imagine what they're doing this oh, week. Oh, so now they aren't that good. I said Cardinals defense. Their whole team isn't even that good. Yes, it is. But anyway, now they're playing a Washington defense that's first, number one against receivers, against opposing receivers. So what does that tell you? It's going to be a tough day for the Cowboys this week. Um, hopefully they pull it out. And the Cardinals, props to them, Kenyon Drake had, um, I think, 150 yards in a touchdown or two touchdowns, something like that. He um, really gassed this Cowboys defense. They're not very good at all. Um, so, yes, it's the two takeaways, or three, actually. The Cardinals are better than they were seemed. The Cowboys defense is very bad. And Dak Prescott makes a huge impact, not only on the offense, but also on the defense. Now we're going to talk about the 2020 World Series. So, in the World Series, the Dodgers are up 2-1. Um, their pitching has been really stellar. The Rays, well, what do you think about this whole series so far? Well, I think the Dodgers are, they're doing pretty well. Not as well as they were expected to. Obviously, they were World Series favorites. I think they still are. But the Rays are really an underdog, and they have great pitching. Tyler Glass now, Blake Snell. Their relievers are also very good. Um, the highlight yesterday of the game was definitely either the Dodgers homers or it was... Um, G-Man Choi's stretch at first base. G-Man Choi is very underrated. He's a great first baseman and a great hitter. And then when you mix that with their Debatable. pitching, when you mix that with their pitching and Brandon Lau, who went off um, last in game two when he had two home runs and three RBIs, or I think it was game, I can't remember, game one or two. It was game two. Yeah, when you mix those, you have a great team, but the Dodgers have great bats, and they're basically the Yankees, except they have very good pitching, and their pitchers perform. I think, um... Really? One, they have better They have better bats than the Yankees? Yes. Or the same Just bats a, as the Yankees? Yes, I do. I think that I think they do. And they have um, Clayton Kershaw, who's an on-off pitcher, but right now he's on fire. Um, they have Bueller, who's a very, very good reliever. I think he should have run top reliever of the year. Um... But this team all around is very solid, and I think they're going to win. I think they'll win in seven games. Um, but I think it will be close, but I think, again, that the Dodgers will win the series. Yeah, same. I, I already thought the Dodgers would win the series, even though the Rays beat the Yankees. I feel like that was really Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone should have been way better at that at that management. The, that the was not Aaron Boone. And the Yankees would be in the World Series right now, yet they're not because of that. And I and it was such a close series even though the Yankees had bad management. I think that it's I think that the Dodgers were going to win. I knew they were going to win from the beginning, but they're just too good. They're not they have Mookie especially is such a great Yeah, but that's so good. That's not a great Aaron Boone part of the team. He's such a great part of the team. And then Cody Bellinger and everyone, they're so good. So if I were, I think the Dodgers are going to win this in what? Probably five or six games. Five? You're not going to give the Rays at least six? No, at I least? Should, no, five or six. I know, but still, it should be six or seven. Five means, no, 
That I'm means giving them, I'm that means no, I know, but that means the daughters have to win two straight now. Yeah, I against know. this Rays team. Yeah, there's the Rays no are way. Even good. The Rays are the Rays are so good. good. When when they were only bad management is the reason they made it here. That's not Aaron. It was not. They're so overrated. They're bats. They're so overrated. They're bats. They don't have good bats. The only reason they're doing good. Lau is, is a very, very. Lau has Lau's been in a slump. This is game two. That's the only time he's done good. He's been totally. He's been getting ripped. Yeah, I know that. I know that. But he's a very good hitter, and the Yankees pitching just let all it's these. It's not about the Yankees. Listen, it's listen. about the Dodgers, and the Dodgers will shut him down. I know that's not what I'm saying. And they will shut the Rays down, and they win. They will win the series. I know, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the the Yankees pitching is what let this Dodgers team. I mean, this Rays team get hot before the series. And when you're they hot, hot at all. They, yeah, exactly. They, they barely had any. They literally barely had any home runs. It was just... It's not about home bats. runs, though. They're playing know, so but well. It was only their bats hitting base hits and the Yankees' management. That's the only if reason If that's how you it. score, then and that's then, how you score. And then the Astros don't, didn't even have to play anyone that hard. They they obviously made it. So, yes, the Rays will make it, but they will not win. They are not the MLB's best team. I don't think they are either, but they're hot and... I don't. I think you have to give them at least, at least six. Not at least five. At least six. Five or six. That's my prediction. And now for our segment, two brothers, two picks, where both Arsh and I pick our top two players, that top two each that are must-haves on fantasy rosters this week. Okay, so I'll start off. I know there's so many people that are going to pop off, but you're probably not going to be able to get them unless you already have them. So. I'll go for people that you probably can get. First one is Justin Jackson, the running back. He's the number one running back for the Chargers. Austin Eckler is hurt. And he's got, last week, 14.4 points, 15 attempts, 71 yards, and he didn't even score any touchdowns. Um, he's he's going to do really good. They're playing not a not good defense in the Jaguars, who have allowed the third most total rushing yards to backfields or running backs this season. And then for my, so that's Justin Jefferson, running back for the Los Angeles Chargers. And then my next player is actually going to be Debo Samuel because he's only he's only rostered in 76.2 leagues. He had, he got four, he got 18 points last week against the Rams. Six receptions, 66 yards, a touchdown with PPR league in a PPR league. And he got over 14 targets over his last two games. And Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle are going to be covered a lot. He's going to be the one who's open. So I pick up Debo Samuel, wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers, and Justin Jackson, running back for the Los Angeles Chargers. My two picks this week are going to be, um, so first... T. Higgins, the wide receiver for the Cardinals, he is playing the um, Cleveland Browns. They're a horrible defense. He has really exploited the past teams he's played. He's his last four points or last four games in PPR leagues are 21, 13, 10, and then 19 points. So he's really on track to be one of the best receivers, one of the best flexes and wide receiver twos out there right now. And he. He's just emerged. He was obviously, I think, the second second pick in the second round. 
he is a very good receiver, has a lot of talent. A lot of his play is downfield, so he gets a lot of deep shots. And obviously that leads to more touchdowns, more yards in general. So I think T. Higgins definitely try to trade for him early. He's not worth that much right now. Or try to get him at him if he's available in your league. My second pick is going to be Chase Claypool. Um, he has really been stellar the past few games. 43 points and then 18 in PPR leagues. He's rushed a touchdown in each of the past two games um, and has had five rushes in total for 13 yards and two touchdowns in those two games. He's um, position ranked 15 and is rostered in 90% of leagues. He's going quick. So if you can get a share of Chase Claypool as fast as you can, I would definitely do that. I wish he was available in my league. He's not right now. But try to get him. And then so my two picks are obviously Chase Claypool and then T. Higgins. Now for our interview with Olympian and doctor Caroline Park. Dr. Caroline Park was born and raised in Toronto, Canada. She grew up playing multiple sports, but hockey was always her passion. As an overachiever, Dr. Park went to Princeton and Columbia. Dr. Park was recruited to play NCAA D1 hockey at Princeton University, where she majored in ecology and evolutionary biology and pre-medical studies. After graduating college, Dr. Park moved to New York City and was recruited by the South Korea women's ice hockey team and competed with them at world championships. In 2018, she also competed in the Pyeongchang Winter Olympics as a part of the unified Korean team. And as if all that wasn't enough, today, Dr. Park is an accomplished orthopedic surgery resident at the esteemed Duke University. It gives us great pleasure to have Dr. Park on our show today. Welcome. Wow, I don't think we've ever had an intro like that before. Oh, gosh. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. It's a real honor. You said that you played many different sports growing up. What were a few examples of those? Uh, so I will admit the first uh, sport that I uh, tried was figure skating. Uh, my parents were really hesitant about me playing ice hockey. So um, my mom wanted me to be something a little bit less physical. So I was in figure skating. I, I did a lot of like dance and that kind of stuff. Um, played softball, um, a lot of basketball growing up. Um, but yeah, hockey was always the sport that I wanted to play. Uh, my brother, who's a year older than me, um, started playing ice hockey. So I always wanted to be like him. So I thought it was like the coolest sport, sport ever. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Our sister follows a lot of what Arsh and I do. Um, how and oh, when did awesome. you first get interested in ice hockey? Uh, so like I said, I, I kind of played a lot of other things before my parents finally let me play ice hockey. So I started really late for Canadians. I started playing when I was eight years old. Um, most Canadian kids growing up, they start playing when they're pretty young. So I was considered sort of a latecomer to the sport. What are some of the differences you see in ice hockey in Canada versus the U.S.? Um, for the most part, it's pretty similar. I would say when I was uh, playing at Princeton, we had a mix of Canadian girls and American girls. And um, I would say the one thing I did notice was that with the Canadian players, we were often a lot more physical. So I think we grow up playing a bit more of a physical game. Um, 
I'm sure, you know, a lot of that has sort of changed over the years and stuff, but um, that was probably the biggest difference that I noticed. Walk us through the process of you being recruited to play hockey at D1 College. Yeah, so it's a pretty tough process. Um, you have to be pretty committed uh, to the sport and be passionate about it from a young age, I think. Um, so, I mean, I started playing, I never really had any uh, thought that I would get recruited or play college hockey. I just started playing for fun. And that's kind of the most important thing. Like you do it because you're passionate about it and that you, you know, you really enjoy it. And I think that the more time I spent doing it, the more I realized how much I loved it. And I really didn't want to give it up. So through high school, I was playing really competitively. I played on uh, like a rep team that played a lot of games outside of school. We would do a lot of traveling. Uh, it was really tough kind of managing school with uh, an extracurricular sport. But that's something that's really important and you have to learn how to manage in order to get recruited. Um, so it all starts in high school and you go to a lot of uh, big tournaments where uh, recruiters will come. A lot of coaches from colleges will show up to watch. Um, you always have to sort of be on your A game. Um, and then from there, when you're like a junior in or high school, they start sort of sending out invites to come visit the schools and all of that stuff. So you start kind of figuring out if colleges are interested in you. Um, and then around that time, they start inviting you over to the school so you can tour the school, meet all, meet the team, um, and like spend the weekend there essentially uh, to get an idea if you are a good fit for the program. Uh, so I did that a lot. I traveled to a bunch of different places and Princeton ended up being the place that I, uh, after I visited, I was just in love with. So that's kind of how I chose um, to go there. We would imagine that the academic curriculum at Princeton University was very rigorous. How did you balance being an athlete as well as a student? Yeah, you're right. It was really, really, really tough. Um, you know, I, I did pretty well in high school, so I went in there thinking that, you know, Princeton would be, you know, not too bad. And, you know, I think being a, a D, D1 athlete is like a totally different experience, especially at an Ivy League. Um, and there's a lot more expectation from you. So I, I definitely struggled my freshman year. Uh, it was really tough because I didn't really know how to balance, you know, how much time I was putting into practicing and training for hockey and then how much time I should be dedicating to studying. Um, so I really struggled my first year. But then after that, you sort of learn um, how to balance your time really well. Uh, so you learn how much you should prioritize each thing, uh, how much effort you should be putting into that in order to get the best outcomes for both. Um, so I think after that, it was just uh, you sort of learn as you go. You make mistakes and you sort of, you know, fix them as you uh, kind of learn. What was it like competing with the South Korean women's ice hockey team at World Championships? It was a lot of fun. Uh, so one of the things about playing for a national team is that uh, you get to compete against a bunch of like different countries and that means a lot of cool travel. So that was a really good time. We got to travel to some cool countries and play hockey there, which is a great experience. Uh, playing for the South Korean women's team was also really cool. It, uh, it actually allowed me to go visit South Korea for the first time, which is where my parents are actually born. 
Um, and I had never gone there when I was growing up because I was so busy with hockey in school. But then when they recruited me, they brought me out there to try out and train with the team. And that was the first time I actually went to go visit uh, the country. So it was actually a really cool experience and just really culturally uh, uh, gratifying. Most of our listeners haven't been to Korea. What are some of the fondest memories you have of when you visited? Uh, I would say, I mean, kind of uh, arriving for the first time in South Korea was a really cool experience just because a lot of the culture that I grew up with at home with my parents, my grandparents and stuff, you know, that's kind of, uh, it, it made arriving into the country for the first time almost like I was arriving home, like it wasn't a weird experience. Um, so that was really cool to uh, notice. And I would say some of the most, uh, the best memories I have is essentially like hanging out with my teammates. Um, you know, they would kind of show me what, you know, being a true Korean was like. And uh, we had a lot of fun uh, playing hockey, but also just uh, being teammates. And then after the World Championships in 2018, um, it must have been surreal for you when you competed in the P. Young Chang Winter Olympics. Walk us through yeah. what was running through your head when you first got there. Uh, it was, you know, thinking back on it now, when you, during the moment, like it was all a blur because everything happened really quickly. There was a lot of media and all that stuff. So things happened very fast and it was hard to kind of absorb in the moment. But looking back on it, uh, it was really cool to be playing in South Korea because as the host country, you know, you have all of your fans and uh, everyone's sort of rooting for you. So the environment is just very different. Um, it was uh, really cool to walk into the opening ceremonies as the host country because just the energy in the stadium completely changed when Korea walked in. So that was a really cool experience. Tell us, after all of those accomplishments, how did you get into the medical career path and end up getting into orthopedics? Um, I just got very lucky, I think. <laughs> um, I think in college, I kind of had an idea that I wanted to, to do medicine. So I started pre-med studies in college kind of late. Um, but when I was doing it, I realized how much I enjoyed, you know, sciences and um, that whole field. So that's sort of what led me into pursuing medicine. Um, and then my whole background of sports and being an athlete and um, really enjoying the kind of uh, environment that athletes and teams uh, cultivate. I had an idea that I wanted to do orthopedics, but, but I wasn't completely sure. So after I graduated college, I was still, I was in the process of applying for med school, but then I decided to do some research in orthopedics just to get a better idea of the field and um, all of that stuff. And during that time, I, I realized I really loved it. So that kind of uh, shaped my goal for when I got into med school. I was like, okay, I know what, I, what field I want to do. So everything sort of led into that. What are some of your goals that you have for your future ice hockey career? And what are some of the goals you have for your future medical career? Great question. Um, I would say for my ice hockey career, you know, my dream growing up was always to play at the Olympics. That was sort of the end game. And 
you know, having achieved that, now it's sort of to uh, pay it forward in terms of uh, learning from those experiences, being able to help um, younger girls uh, growing up who, you know, want to play ice hockey and, um, you know, want to do a bunch of other things, like trying to navigate that path for them. Uh, so trying to be a good mentor, be a good coach. Um, also just to have fun with it now, you know, I think it'd be great to just be able to, you know, play in a recreational league with, without being super competitive and just enjoy the game. Um, and then for my medical career, it's just to learn as much as possible now since I'm in residency. Um, this is the time for me to kind of train and learn. Uh, so I really want to, you know, do as much of that as possible, but in a balanced way. And, um, yeah, just learn how to become the best surgeon that I can be. Following up on that, what advice do you have for young kids who want to play ice hockey when they grow up? I would say, you know, uh, it's a tough sport. It's physical. Um, it requires a lot of practice. Uh, and, you know, you have to learn how to work on a team. But in the same sense, those are all the best things about it. Uh, so I would say if you're interested in playing ice hockey, definitely throw yourself into it. Don't be afraid to make mistakes um, and just practice. You know, that's the most that you can do um, and you have to just enjoy it. So do it if you love it. Um, don't be afraid to fall and just get up and uh, keep keep trying. Dr. Park, thank you so much for joining us today. We enjoyed talking to you about your ice hockey experiences. We know that you inspired so many of our young listeners with that last piece of advice as well. We wish you luck in your future medical and ice hockey career and have a great rest of your day. Oh, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. A reminder that support for this episode and the following message comes from CRS Marble and Granite. CRS Marble and Granite was founded in 2005 and would quickly become the stone industry's standout supplier of exotic quartzite, granite, marble, as well as quartz. The official partner of LG Viaterra Quartz Surface, made in the USA, has firmly established itself as a major international player. With a keen eye for quality, CRS is a company that prides itself on strict attention to detail when purchasing stone. That's why they offer personalized and professional service performed by dynamic salespeople. Their aim is to demystify and simplify your buying experience so that you purchase the absolute best stone for your lifestyle. Call 919-784-9282 or visit crsgranite.com to schedule an appointment or obtain more information today. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Two Brothers and Their Sports Podcast. Leave a review for what you want to hear and if you like, um, if you want us to talk about a specific topic or you want to comment, Please let us know. We may even shout you out like we did with Todd. And you can also um, check out our website at www.twobrothersandtheirsports.com. Thanks.